Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This sermon is taken from the 2015 Annual Missions Conference. This is the evening service of Sunday the 31st of May 2015, entitled His Eyes. And the Bible reading is taken from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Here's missionary Corey Finch. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity again to speak tonight. And just ask, Lord, that you please uh, might speak through me if it's your will, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. What a, a blessing that it was. But thank you, Lord, for this moment tonight. Um, Lord, we're going to be looking uh, and considering how you see things, having your eyes. And I pray that you just please help us with this. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In case there was anything in the video that you, you might have missed, and I'm just going to push this one away so I'm not getting a double whammy. But uh, basically, to summarize all of that, six minutes and like 30 seconds, what happened was uh, in 2007, uh, after I'd met who was going to become my wife, Miriam, it's back there, um, I met her actually when I was at Bible college in the States. And then she invited me to come over and help at a youth camp in Canuck. And when I was working at that youth camp, it's when I really felt like God spoke to me and just said, this is what I want you to do with your life. Work with young people in the United Kingdom. And you see, up to that point, I really had been a bit aimless when it came to ministry. I, I knew that God had gifted me with being able to speak publicly. I'd done it for uh, quite a while before that, and I was studying to become a, a, a senior pastor. Um, but I really, to be honest, my passion wasn't specifically in being a senior pastor. I, I wasn't, I didn't feel called to be a pastor in a U.S. church. My grandfather was a pastor, and, and I, I wasn't eager to just to follow in his footsteps and uh, just take over his church when, when, it was, when he decided to retire or something like that. And so when I was at this youth camp uh, in Canuck in England, I just really, I was, I was uh, working with some young people, actually playing basketball. And I just, it just was so natural. I was just like, just kind of sharing the love of Jesus with these kids relationally. I was like, this is what I think God wants me to do with my life. And uh, five years later, uh, here we are. Now, there was several, lots of steps along the way. Uh, but anyway, and then the video shows you just some of the things that we've been doing while we're here. Our heart, our goal is to, to be real with young people, reach them for Jesus Christ, reach them with Jesus Christ. And then our goal is to inspire and train others, equip them how they can do that as well. Now, we're not the be-all, end-all of youth ministry by any means. We're by all means learning ourselves. But we just we want to share what God's placed in our hearts with others. And so I guess that's it in a nutshell. Now, on to the message. Uh, Brother Larry actually read some uh, uh, passages of Scripture. If you want to go ahead and put your finger in Matthew 9, Matthew 9, verses 35 to 38. We're going to look at those in just a minute. And while you're turning to that, I'll just tell you what this topic is about. As you can see on the screen here, our, the title is His Eyes, and the three main points that I would like to share with you tonight is that His eyes are complete, caring, and compassionate. So there's three C's there, complete, caring, 
and compassion. Right. Now, have you ever seen two people that were in an argument before? Have you ever listened closely to two people that were in an argument? You might have noticed that there is always two sides. <laughs> always two sides to the story. I thought that was funny. Um, but uh, you see how he's so convinced that now he's like, I don't think so. Um, and she says, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, you know, if you listen closely to an argument, you could almost root for both sides. Uh, you listen to, let's just take these pictures for example. Let's say maybe he said something like, uh, the food last night was rubbish. <laughs> Not a smart thing to say. But he says that, and you need to uh, step it up a bit on, on dinner. And she says, well, maybe if you were uh, doing the dishes, you would uh, know that it takes a long time to make a really nice meal. And he said, ah, you're right. And so, I mean, both of them have a bit of a point. I mean, uh, he would like a nice meal. I mean, he's the husband. She says, I would like a bit of help. You know, she deserves the help. And so when you listen, to, you, you get both perspectives. And you're kind of like, who do I root for here? Who do I cheer for? And um, to be honest, I don't know in that situation. I would just step back and say, right, guys, sort it out. But, <laughs> but if you listen closely to an argument, you notice there's two sides. And... It always seems like with us as humans, we're always having a different opinion, a different perspective. You know, uh, right now, as Miriam and I, as uh, being youth ministry missionaries or missionaries to the youth of Great Britain, what we want to do is we want to be working with young people. And right now, what that means is I'm the youth pastor at Woodhill. And so as a youth pastor, I'm constantly interacting with young people, as you've seen in that video. And one of the things I get accused of the most is cheating. Because I'm just a cheater. I tell you what. Um, absolutely. Uh, and so when I call somebody out at Foursquare, they say, oh, you cheated because you like that kid more than me. I say, no, I don't. I don't like that kid at all. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But they, they do say, uh, I don't say that last part, but they do really say, you cheated. I'm like, what, what benefit do I have in you being out? What do I gain in this? And so um, kids always have a different Perspective, and that's that's what I want to kind of start off with is is this idea of perspectives, and this begs the question: If as humans we're always seeing things differently, right? Always have these different opinions, always bound to arguments. How exactly does God see things? How does He see things? Because that's in the end what we need to hear about, right? And it's His opinion that matters most. So let's take a look and. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38, and it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, right? Notice that it was what he saw with his eyes. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted, and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then, after he saw them, he was moved with compassion. Then, he was moved with compassion on them. <clears throat> Sorry, I forgot to, to move that on. Yeah. Um, then he said unto them, The harvest is truly, truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers, and two, 
his harvest. What grabs me the most about this passage is, is how much what Jesus saw affected him, right? Rewind just a little bit right here. Notice, notice this right here. It says, when he saw the multitudes, right? And so when his eyes caught a glimpse of the people, it moved him with compassion. It made him kind of have like a ah, moment, right? And it says, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion with them because they fainted. They were scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And he said, there is a lot of work to do here. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into his harvest. You know, I think you can tell a lot about a person from what, they, what they're looking at. Like, what do you think maybe Peter was looking at? You know, was he looking at, uh, that's a lot of people. I don't think that we're going to have any chance of helping them out. Uh, maybe, uh, what about Andrew? Was he thinking, uh, uh, we're not going to have enough money to feed this crowd. How, how are we going to possibly take care of them? How can we worry about them? How could we even reach all of them? I mean, maybe they were looking at uh, uh, the, the number of people that way in a negative context. But here Jesus is looking at him and pay attention to his eyes what is eyes upon? What's important to him? The people. And we can learn a lot about the eyes of God from this. Now, there's a couple things that I would like to share with you from this. The first one is that when talking about, about his eyes, there's uh, several things you can learn from Scripture. I want to take you to another place in, the, in Scripture, and that is 1 Samuel chapter 16. And this is a context, a bit of context about this, is uh, uh, when Samuel was looking for uh, a king. And here in verse 7, it says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So we see here that God sees things differently, right? He doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. He sees the whole picture. He, he sees the whole thing. Uh, another couple of scriptures that illustrate this is Proverbs 21, 2. It says, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts, right? So people look at themselves and they think, yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not that bad of a person. But God sees it as it really is. He sees the heart. Psalm 94, 9 says, he that planteth the ear shall he not hear. Planteth, you know, planting ears, what? You know, it says, he that formed the ear, basically, right? He that made the ears, shall he not hear? He that formed the eyes, shall he not see, right? So, we see from his eyes that he sees everything completely. You know, this makes me think about uh, the, one of the last times that I was playing um, basketball back in the States, we always, and you probably do this when you play football or any other kind of team sport, but what you do is you get two captains, right? You have a captain for team A over here and a captain for team B over here. And inevitably, if you, if you end up being the captain, you pick your team, right? Everybody else is kind of just wandering around. You say, right, I want that guy. He's a big guy. He looks good. And then this guy's like, ah, oh, you got the big guy. All right, I'm getting the next biggest guy. And then, then I'm like, okay, my turn now. I'll, I'll get uh, the next big guy. And then inevitably, it's the littlest guy that gets picked 
last. How do I know this? As I was one of the little guys, right? And so um, anyway, so the little guy ends up always getting picked last. But what always astound, astonishes me is that when you get playing, the big guy, you know, he's like looking all big and bad, has the best gear on, the best kit, as you'd call it. And you're like, that guy's really going to show us what he's got. And then you go to pass him the ball, he's like, he drops. You're like, come on, what's happening? He goes, he goes to shoot. Other, other team's goal. I mean, use the other, you flip it around to, to football, right? You, you go to passing the ball and it completely misses it or kicks in the other team's goal. And you're like, you're the big guy. You're supposed to be good. But then the little guy that got picked last, he's running around like crazy and uh, scoring on everybody. And you're like, if I would have known that, I would have picked the little guy. We look on the outward appearance and we think we got it figured out. But we can't see the talent and the potential, the heart. And you see, this illustrates how God sees. He sees completely. And you know, going back to our key text there in Matthew, when he looked on the crowds, he truly could see completely. He could see the need. He saw that this is what needs to be done. Now, when you're thinking, well, if God sees completely, then does he see the problem that I'm in? Does he not care? And I know this is one of the things that... Uh, that people really have against God the most. You, some people call it the problem of evil. Some people call it, if, uh, um, if God is a good God, then why does he allow bad things? Or I've even heard it this way, why do uh, bad things happen to good people? The question comes in many, many forms, but it ultimately comes down to this. Does God even care? And that's, that's logically the next thing that happens after you think about, if God sees completely, does he care? Are his eyes caring eyes? Does he care what he looks upon? So let's go to the scriptures here. First Peter 3, verse 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. You know, I was looking at that. I was like, that's kind of interesting. I was like, what's that mean when it says the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous? Like, he's looking down on them like, hey, you're mine now. You better, you know, not, not get out of line. <laughs> My, the eyes are over the righteous, but it actually means that he watches over the righteous. He keeps an eye on them. He makes sure that they're taken care of. Let's see, I believe I have another scripture up here. Luke 12, 7 says, but even the very hairs of your head are numbered. He says, fear not therefore, for ye are more, uh, of more value than many sparrows. And then Hebrews 3, um, excuse me, 13, 5, the end of it says, for he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So we, we see here what the Bible tells us, tells us about God. That his eyes are caring. Now there's a lot of things that still are hard to understand sometimes. Why do bad things happen? Well, there's a whole, you know, I, I love answering that question, but now's not the right time. But I'd love to speak to you about that. Why do bad things happen? Uh, it's one that the young people like to ask. But I can assure you of this. The character of God, the way his eyes are, is that his eyes are caring. You know, um, one of the, the key phrases that you hear uh, when you have children uh, is that you're going to look after your children. You know, look after them. You know, I think that's kind of interesting because it has to do with your eyes. I'm going to look after. One of my favorite songs when uh, Miriam and I were, were dating, going out, whatever you, you want to call it, courting, um, we was a song that said, uh, I'll look after you. 
And that was my heart. I wanted Miriam to know, when we get married, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to treat you as my wife and treat you with love and care and respect, and I'm going to look after you. And uh, that was my heart. And, you know, and I think if that was my heart as a sinful, imperfect human being that has done his best to, to keep that promise, but we all know I've not been perfect at it, then don't you know that God that created us and originated that desire, don't you know that he has that same desire? I want to look after you. Don't you know it breaks his heart when bad things happen to us? Don't you know that he watches over the righteous? Okay? Now, moving swiftly along, his eyes are compassionate. His eyes are compassionate. The last one had, you might think, caring and compassionate. Are those the same thing? The the difference I would like to, to note here is that when talking about caring, specifically, God cares for his own, absolutely. Uh, uh, I think it's Galatians 6, 2 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And it's talking about God cares for his. Like a shepherd would care for his own flock. He doesn't want one to get lost. He doesn't want one to get devoured by a wolf he, uh, or fox, whatever the predator might be. He cares for them. But the distinction here between caring and compassion is that caring is he cares for his own. Compassion are for those that are not his yet. He has compassion on the lost. And you see this in this, uh, this phrase here. But when he saw the multitudes, right, he was moved with compassion on them. When he saw those that didn't know him yet, the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they fainted, they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. No shepherd. You know, I, uh, I once saw a, um, a, a YouTube video, and I thought it was kind of funny. It had all of these people doing these random acts of kindness, and some of them were quite extreme. One was in like a subway or uh, a tube station. I'm not sure exactly where it was, but this man actually fell off the, the, the platform and was unconscious on the tracks. And everybody was standing, and it was on like a CCTV, and everybody was standing there like... <gasps> And then a train starts coming. Everybody's still like, and this one guy's like, (laughs) jumps down there and literally pulls the guy out of the way seconds before this train comes. I was like, wow. But then the one that that sticks, (laughs) I think it's funny, the simple one that sticks with me the most was there was actually, I think it was somewhere in the States, there was this four-lane intersection, and there's all these cars whizzing past, and here's a, a mother duck or maybe it was a goose, I couldn't tell from the resolution, but I think it was a duck, and it had about four chicks behind it crossing the street, just kind of like you'd see on one of those calendars, and cars are whizzing past, and you think, those, that duck and those chicks, dead, definitely. But this car stops, and then gets out of his car, and helps shoo the ducks across the street, and then gets back in his car. And that's the one that sticks with me the most. And you know, I think that, that that picture is appropriate in describing Jesus' eyes. Because, just like that man, you know, think about how many people whiz past. They're like, oh, ducks, who cares? Ducks, you know. And, but, Jesus, but this man saw those poor little ducks, and he got out and helped them. 
And think about Jesus when he sees he's moved with compassion. You know, uh, talking about ducks is another bird I think about is uh, the passage when, um, and I'm not sure if Jesus was full of compassion or sorrow, I'm not sure, but the passage where he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have liked to have gathered you like chicks, like under my wings. But he says, but you've refused. He says, I, would, I want that. And like I was saying this morning, you know, he is uh, not willing that any should perish. Don't you know his desire? Right? Now, so his eyes are full of compassion. He sees the need. So let me summarize here. His eyes see completely, right? We can see that he looks on the heart, right? You can even go into other scriptures that says his ways are higher than man's ways. We absolutely know, and if we believe the Bible, we should believe that he sees completely. Secondly, we see that his eyes are caring. He cares for his own. We still have questions, but if we believe the Bible, we know that he's a God that cares. And thirdly, is that his eyes are compassionate. Now, this brings me to this question. Do you have your father's eyes? Now, I worded that just like, like we would say about our own children. You know, a lot of times you, you'll hear, uh, I've not heard this about Lydia. I hear a lot about Lydia. Oh, she's a miniature Miriam. Because she does. She looks a lot like Miriam, doesn't she? And so she has her mother's eyes. If you look at her eyes, they're blue eyes. Miriam's eyes, blue. She has her mother's eyes. I wonder if... Us as Christians, if you believe her here tonight, do you have the same kind of eyes that God has? Think about it. We're made in his image. Not, I'm speaking metaphorically here. I'm not talking about physical eyeballs, but do you see the same way that he sees? You know, a lot of times we see the surface and we're quick to judge. You know, we see the surface and we say, oh, that guy has a big old plank in his eye, or a speck in his eye. <laughs> we got the plank in our eye, Right? We're quick to judge, and yet it's, it's difficult to say, well, he might have been having a really rough day. Or that might be a lost person that needs the Lord. Do we see the big picture? Now, what's this day going to look like when we look back from heaven and think, well, I made the wrong choice there? Do we let's strive to see completely like he does? Let's have his eyes. Do we see caringly? Do we have eyes of, that care? You know, often uh, we're, it's easy to be like, to find the differences amongst each other, right? As Christians, there's a lot of little things that we could nitpick over. Oh, he likes this, and I don't like that. And we're so, we're so quick to be like, right, let's get in our, our faction over here, and let's, let's uh, uh, get up a lot of hoop, hoop hooray, and we're bigger and better. And, and I think, you know, we got to be careful about, Caring for our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's so easy to divide. But what's the scripture says? Striving to keep the bond, the, the bond of unity. I'm, I'm getting that slightly messed up, messed up but the, the passage I believe is there in uh, 1 Corinthians, I think it's 12. I have to look it up. But he's talking about striving to keep the, the, the bond of the unity. And God's desire is for us to work together. You know, I think about slight rabbit trail here. But if you read the, the story of David and Goliath, you would, you would have thought, who should have supported David the most when he went to fight that giant? 
his brother, right? Big brother should have said, Dave, whoa, what are you thinking? You know, that's amazing. You, you can, you know, let me do it. You know what? You have the courage I should have. But what do we see? We don't see big bro fighting the giant. We see big bro fighting his own brother and saying, oh, yeah, that's stupid. What are you thinking? You're going to get killed. You're just out here because you, you you're full of pride. You know, as Christians, we got to be careful not to be fighting each other when Satan's up there going, <laughs> I got them in a the right mess, don't I? Fight the giant, not each other. So have eyes that are caring for brothers and sisters. You know, just like that scripture says, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. I believe there's a scripture before that says, bear ye one another's burdens. Right. And lastly, are our eyes full of compassion for the lost? Now, this is a, a missions conference. Do, do our eyes see the fields and see the need? Are we, are we moved with compassion to say that there, there is people out there, people just right outside those doors, maybe even people inside of here, maybe. God sees completely, doesn't he? Do, do we have compassion in our heart to say, God, whatever it is, I want to be used by you to try to share the good news, however I can. I want to read you this, uh, this poem here. Maybe you've heard this song, but uh, uh, this is a, a song called His Eyes by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And uh, I, I attempted to learn it on guitar, but I, I realized soon, very quickly, it was going to be a bit more difficult for me to learn uh, a couple days ago. So <laughs> I need a bit more time. But I would like to read you these lyrics because I think that they describe, describe the character of Christ. And I know that this is just an artist's representation, but if you could imagine looking into the face of Christ and thinking, wow, that's what he's really like. That's what his eyes are like. I, I think that God might just use that to speak to you. It says, I went one to, sometimes his eyes were gentle and filled with laughter. Yeah, he did. He did laugh a lot, didn't he? And sometimes they cried. Sometimes there was a fire of holy anger in Jesus' eyes. But the eyes that saw hope in the hopeless, that saw through the fault to the need, are the same eyes that looked down from heaven into the deepest part of you and me. His eyes are always upon us. His eyes never close in sleep. And no matter where you go, you will always be in his eyes. One last verse here. Sometimes I look above me when stars are shining and I feel so small. How could the God of heaven and all creation know I'm here at all? But then in silence he whispers, my child, I created you too. And you're my most precious creation. I even gave my son for you. So I, I, I challenge you with this. Do you have your father's eyes? Eyes that are complete. Eyes that are caring, eyes that have compassion. I think that's something that definitely we all need to be working on because we're all human. We all tend to go back to our way of seeing things. It's so difficult. We need to rely on him. Let me leave you with this scripture here. John 4, 35. Say ye not, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Lift up 
your eyes. He says, don't, don't say, hey, there's four months, then comes the harvest. He says, change your eyes. Look up. The fields are white, ready unto harvest. He says, look on the fields. Look on the fields. Lift up your eyes. Look on the fields. And that's what my challenge would be to you tonight. His eyes, are, they see completely. They care. And they're full of compassion. Do we have our Father's eyes? Could somebody say, wow, you see things a lot differently than other people. Hopefully, because we see the way that God sees things. Look on the fields. Lift up your eyes. You know, a lot of times we're so stuck right here. Look up. Look up on the fields. Why are we? We're just here for a short moment. And what can we do for eternity? And if you're here tonight, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, a lot of you I don't know very well. So I don't know if you're a believer or not. And so talking about eternity, have you considered eternity? Have you lift up your eyes and considered how does God see things? Is right now, is all he see is our sin or does he see his son? Do you need to look upon the cross? Do you need to look to Jesus? That's something that, that only you can account for. So, do you have your Father's eyes? Do you have eyes that see like Christ does? Let's look up on the fields. Lift up our eyes and look on the fields. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you uh, so much for what your Son uh, did for us and does for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, uh, that you see completely, Lord, that you're full of compassion, you're full of care for us, Lord. I just pray that you would help us to have eyes like you have, to see like you see. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.